Yo, welcome back to the Made For More podcast, where we believe that you're made for more than what the world says. Made for your crisis called you to become. So, walk in that truth. All right, look, check us out. I'm pumped for this episode because, number one, this is the first episode where we had more than two people. We've got four people, everybody at the same time. I'm counting from three. Everybody say hello. Three, two, one. Hello. hello. <laughs> wow. This is going to be good. You know what the Bible says, where there's two or more gathered, the spirit of the Lord is there. So the spirit of the Lord is like for real here right now. I am pumped. So he's like double, triple here. So everybody, I want to start left to right, finish up with my wife because say the best for last. I'm not saying y'all aren't great, but (laughs) say say hello, introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, my name is Mary Kate. And yeah, we got... And I am her husband, Zach Her. <laughs> and then finish it out with his wife, not Zach's wife, Jonathan's okay, wife. Yeah, yeah, Zach's yeah, wife is MK. Yeah, I got to clarify that. This is a, because 100%. I went after Zach, I realized my grammar was wrong. So, yes. Can I explain how I know MK though? Yeah, I'm about to. Why are you rushing the process? Because I'm excited. Golly. And you're taking a long time. All right, so look, to me and there. Zach go back in the gap. Like, we've been friends since 2016 and we've known each other. Then we he moved to Colorado, I moved back to Texas. And yeah, we've been all over, man. We really have. But now this is crazy. So MK, where are you from, MK? I grew up in Colorado. Now check us out. If y'all know my wife, babe, where did you live for a short stint? In Colorado. What? <laughs> so tell me, Weird. how did y'all meet? What in the world? So this was really cool. When I lived in Colorado, even though it was just for a year, there was one summer that everyone wanted to go to the GoPro games. And we were about an hour away from Vail. So I was the only one licensed to drive. So I took all these said people <laughs> to the GoPro games. <laughs> and when I was there, I had a friend from camp back in 2015 who was from Sweden. She was there for Bible school. She moved back to Sweden, came back to the States, and she was doing an internship in Colorado. So we had agreed to meet up, catch up. And she said, hey, do you mind if I bring some friends with me? And I said, absolutely. Well, one of the friends was MK. And so we hung out for a good chunk of that afternoon, I think, like a couple hours. And we followed each other on Instagram. And like I found her, I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll keep in touch, you know. Uh-huh. Well, then a couple years later, when I met you, you were saying, hey, one of my friends, Hold I think, on. knows you. Because I am, I'm in a group chat with my boy, Zach, and now MK's Zach's wife. So oh, she's true. in the Fam Jam MK, group chat yeah. as well. Did you know Zach at that point or had you just met? Uh, this was summer of 2018? I think so. 2018, maybe 2019. 2019. 20, it was 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah, 2019. We had met, but we weren't dating. Like, we had met that winter, and then Zach went back to Missouri and so for the summer, and so we weren't even dating at that time. So that's crazy, yeah. because I think I had even seen, when you guys got married a year or so later, I saw pictures of your wedding party, which would have had Jonathan in them. Yeah. But at that time, yeah, just totally... Like, I saw the pictures, like, that's so cool. MK's married now. <laughs> and then, like you said, so you guys had met, you started dating, got married. So and then... I sent a picture of the girl I'm going on a date with. This is a curious and nice first date to the Fame Jam group chat. And MK goes, hold on. I know this girl. And at this point, I'm in Arkansas now. So I'd moved back to Texas, <laughs> from Texas to Arkansas. And I'm like, what the well, dust? And what you don't know is Zach had done some social media stalking. And Word. That's a real friend right there. A real homie. Me and our friend Natalia, who's the one who connected us all, mm-hmm. or connected Kiki and I, were mutual friends with her, along with you, of course. Uh-huh. And so it was funny that Zach was like, MK, Natalia, and Jonathan are all friends 
with her what, <laughs> what is going <laughs> on and natalia at this point had already moved to like indiana mm-hmm. so people in all over the country so natalia is the real homie here actually yeah, natalia <laughs> really is. Shout Shout out. <laughs> and so it's this friendship quad i don't know we're, not, we're more than a trio but we're not a a pentagon friendship what, what, what what's the what's the word friendship here a quadricep <laughs> we're a quadricep friendship is just destined by the lord it's crazy because it. okay. me and zach been homies for a long time and then zach married mk mk knew my wife before i even knew who she was true it's a full circle connect you know this is but insane like for one day five years ago <laughs> is our extent of knowing each other and now here we so are weird. what's up so i'm excited about this about this episode because uh, Zach's wife, MK, is a person with an amazing testimony, and it's going to be, we're going to talk about that. We're going to chat it up on how, what this looks like in our lives, because first of all, I say this a lot, and I'm going to reiterate it before we jump in, is a non-believer will read a Christian before they ever read a Bible. Amen. So, MK, Mm -hmm. introduce yourself. What has your walk with Christ looked like? And when did you start walking with Christ? And what would you call yourself before you walk with Christ? Why would you call yourself that? Yeah. So I grew up in what you would consider an atheist secular household. My parents were divorced when I was one, around one years old. And basically, since I was a child, I was almost fed and believed this anti-Christ idea to be honest like I remember certain conversations with my brothers or my parents that honestly denounced the name of Christ and looked down and talked bad upon Christians and so that was what I was born and raised in so very anti-Jesus where it was something that was unappetizing to you because of the negative things you heard yeah okay absolutely and and so it wasn't until I was about 19 that I actually you know, came to know the Lord. But my whole childhood, all my my whole upbringing was very much atheist looking down on Christianity or, or any religion at that point. But yeah. So you believe there was a God or would you say no no God? No God. No God. Okay, so what that looked like for you and you, like, because God is hope, love, joy, mm-hmm. peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. What that looked like in your personal life? What, what, what did you find yourself chasing to try to fill that void? Because like Ecclesiastes 3.11, man, like we, we are born with a desire for eternity and we only find that in Christ. So if we don't find our joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things in Christ, we look for the false Jesus. We don't call it Jesus because we're not searching for Jesus. But we look for joy in X, Y, and Z. We look for peace, patience, kindness in X, Y, and Z. So what did that look like for you trying to fill that void because it wasn't Jesus? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um because there are a couple different things I want to point out with that was the idea of eternity first off was a crazy idea to me as a new believer when I came to know the Lord and one of the reasons being that I had found peace in the idea that when you die you die and that's the end of it and almost this idea of okay I you know that would be nice to finally be done with this broken world. And at the time, you know, I didn't have the words to describe it as a broken, sinful world. But so when I first came to the Lord, I was like, oh gosh, do I actually want to live forever? (laughs) (laughs) And now, now that I've wrestled that and, you know, the, that eternity is no tears and no pain and everything will be made new. 
it's it's okay and I'm excited for that but it was a hard idea to come to terms with but um I definitely to answer your question I definitely was seeking that hope and that joy in very earthly things and I know that's a very like stereotypical answer but Mm -hmm. for me I had gone to my first year my freshman year of college I went to school in Texas and so I well you were still an atheist I was still an atheist okay um went to school in Austin and had uh joined a sorority was living the sorority party Greek life Mm -hmm. um was loving my life you know I I found what I thought was my friend circle and um just was going to a great school and I was gonna get a degree in or two degrees in neuroscience and economics and I you know had my whole life just kind of set out before me and then that summer I went and backpacked Europe by myself Mm. and you know just was kind of living what I thought my, was my dream life. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was finding that joy and that hope was in materialistic things and mm-hmm. becoming the person that I thought was who I wanted to be. Mm. That's good. Kind of just chasing that, following that heart mm-hmm. in that sense of like just finding the joy in the things that are ultimately going to fade away and can't fill you. And ultimately, too, I mean, you grew up in Colorado, which mm-hmm. Colorado, it's like you see the beauty of God everywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe in God, there's so many other things that can steal your attention. Yes. That direct you to this pleasure seeking lifestyle. And it's the perfect place to be. You know, mm-hmm. you have the mountains and the snow in the winter and then hiking, climbing. Yeah. All, yeah. all the beautiful things we, in the summer. We you know? used to say, like, people in Colorado, they worship the creation rather than the creator. Ooh. It's so easy to to look at what's around you and just like worship that uh, when you don't have the creator in mind of who actually created it. And mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, you have all of those things to fill your time and, and that void to there's always another season and another activity, whatever that yeah. is. Uh, and I, I know, the void I know this is a little off topic, but then you look at, for instance, Colorado is some of the highest suicide rates in our, the valley that we lived in. That is arguably one of the prettiest places like in the country. Now, why do you think that is? It's the highest of Colorado because they are finding, they're filling that void, like Zach was with saying, something with hollow. the creation. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. You're sitting there filling yourself. I bet like even Christians do the same thing. People mm-hmm. who call us Christ mm-hmm. followers, they fill themselves with the hollow void of materials. I'm going to drive a better car. I'm going to have better clothes. I just want to be popular. I'm going to be the best athlete. That's all a bunch of bull crap that's not going to fill you. So even Christians still try to fill that void of the false Jesus because they're they're rejecting being filled with Christ fully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that was the thing that kept me from even thinking about Christianity. Yeah, because I wanted to ask you. So you left home, still an mm-hmm. atheist. Now you're no longer at home. Where you said home was a place people, they, your family just denounced God yeah. openly and honestly, they just anti-Jesus. Mm-hmm. But now you're no longer in that environment. What kept you from maybe even looking into the gospel? Because now you're no longer in the environment that was mm-hmm. denouncing Jesus. Yeah, and arguably I'm in an environment that was christian like the cultural christian yeah, texas bible belt yeah. kind of like yeah we love jesus but we don't really live about it yeah. but yeah go ahead so. it is austin though just yes <laughs> that, honestly accurate hey That's i like fine. austin <laughs> um but 
I, even growing up, there were a few people I knew who I went to school with or whatnot who identified as a Christian. And the thing that kept me from ever even considering Christianity for myself was those people who considered themselves Christians lived the same life that I did. Mm. And so, what was which was what? Which was earthly, materialistic. I mean, I would have friends in high school and college who would go out, go party, you know, hook up with people on Saturday and then go to church on Sunday. Mm. And to me, that was hypocritical. And as so, you're like, screw that. If that's what Christians do, that's dumb. I'm like, if you're doing the same thing I'm doing, it's not what you believe in isn't even powerful enough to change you. Then why would it be powerful enough to change me? Why should I buy into this? Do you even believe what you're saying you believe in? And that was like the big barrier growing up. Because what you believe in is not powerful enough to change you. How can it change me? Yeah. And why would <sighs> I want that? <laughs> Dang. That. So what did it take to change you? Uh, so I, it's totally a God thing, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> That's but, good. That's good. <laughs> but since I was in high school, I volunteered at a camp for people with special needs. And it's a sleepaway adventure camp um, in the mountains of Colorado. And when I was in college, I continued to go there and volunteer and work as a counselor. And one year, um, long story short, but there were these three guys who were driving around the U.S. on a renovated school bus doing a service and mission work. And they had heard about the camp because one of their girlfriends, now wives, but girlfriends at the time had volunteered there the year or been a counselor there the years before. And they were like, hey, let's just go. Like, let's, this is a great opportunity to go serve. But keep in mind, this is a secular camp. Like, there's no Christian or faith-based ideology there or influence there. And these three guys, um, I got to know pretty well because of how, it was structured for the week. I worked closely with them for the whole week. Mm-hmm. And what started to get my brain spinning and questioning was the life they lived was different than anyone else. Mm-hmm. They were genuine. They were authentic. They even would be like, we don't even like to call ourselves Christians. We like to call ourselves Christ followers because mm-hmm. we truly are set out to live a life that is following Christ and following the work that he has done and Boom. doing his work. That's and facts. That was where it all changed. Christ followers. Mm-hmm. That's good. Come on. I was thinking that too. I like that term because I feel like Christian is such a thrown around term. Mm-hmm. And you see that on dating apps. You see that on Instagram. You see that on whatever, bios, LinkedIn, you know, your business profiles. It just comes across as religion, Christian. Yeah. And it's kind of a blanket statement where you question, okay, are you really a Christian? Because like you said, the people that called themselves Christians before you go, are you just calling yourselves a Christian to give yourself kind of like a fire security when you die? Mm. Or are you calling yourselves <laughs> a Christian because... You're following Christ. Right. So yeah. I like the term Christ follower because it shows where your heart is. It's like, I'm pursuing Christ. Yeah. I'm following Christ to the best of my ability. Do you mess up? Sure. But you're not just tacking on Christian and then living your own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it makes me think of, in a sense, the story of the rich young ruler of how, yeah. you know, he came to Jesus and was like, how can I get eternity and eternal salvation? And Jesus told him, well, have you followed my commands? And he was like, yeah, you know, I don't murder. I don't steal. I don't, I'm not an adulterer. And Jesus was like, okay, then go sell all your things and follow me. And um, 
he walked away from Jesus in that moment. And that's, you know, the picture of the, the sacrifice, the obedience, and just laying down your life to follow Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that is what is encompassed in being a Christ follower. And that was what I saw in, in those days. And it wasn't a quick, like, overnight conversion. <laughs> no, it was no lots of conversations, you know, but the Lord in, in through it all and little things. Um, the guys at the beginning of the week told me, they were like, we don't believe in coincidences. Coincidences mm-hmm. don't exist. Nope. And the whole week there were, in my eyes, coincidences and just one after another built up and it was like, all right, I got what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So we live in a society where Arkansas, Texas, these these states are the Bible Belt or whatever, and ultimately just outside of the Bible Belt, people feel like they're entitled to the gospel because my parents are Christians, so I'm just going to ride on their coattails into heaven. And that's not how it works. Because your parents are saved, that does not mean you're saved. It's got to be your decision, mm-hmm. your own choice, and your own actions in life. Now for you, Okay, we can fast forward. You can give a really quick summary if you'd like on that how those questions were asked mm-hmm. and what it took to answer them. But then now that you are a believer, with you've you've been an atheist longer than you've been a Christian, yeah. and so that's got to be really hard to pivot on a lot of ways you think, on a lot of ways you react, on a lot of ways you talk. That had to have been a hard pivot. Mm-hmm. So what disciplines did you put in your life? And then Zach, after she been, I want you to talk about the disciplines you see her walking out in your marriage and the way she lives her life, because that can't be easy. And these Christians who are riding in on their parents' coattails into heaven, I think they can really be encouraged and hopefully take some of the disciplines you use and put them in place in their life because it's a different story, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You started chasing Jesus and these listeners need to chase Jesus harder. Mm-hmm. So they might have not been atheistic household, but the, the fact is by nature, we're all children of wrath and we, we are all in hell, but by God's great grace, we have an opportunity of salvation. So yeah, they might believe in a God and you didn't, but this both of us need God for salvation. What disciplines did you put in your life for that? Yeah, Uh, so (laughs) kind of from the get-go, so those three guys who I started asking questions and, you know, having great conversations with, they one night were like, hey, can we we pray with you? And me, as an atheist, I was like, I don't care. Like, secret is no one's up there. Like, no one's hearing you. This is what I thought. (laughs) And so I was like, it's not going to hurt for you to pray with me. And so they prayed, um... And then I start questioning a little bit more and they can tell that my brain's stirring. And at one point they're like, hey, do you want to read the Bible with us? Like, here's some scriptures that we just feel on our heart. And so I read the Bible with them and flash forward, I accepted Christ and hung out with them for like another week. And they, at one point we had like this worship night and one of them, I don't remember who it was, but looked at me and was like, hey, you you should pray, like pray out loud. Like it might be uncomfortable, it might it might not feel natural. You might feel like a fool, but pray out loud. And I, so I did. And so I think from the very beginning, I was grateful that the Lord placed people in my life who were like, "Here, let me show you the importance of prayer, that show you the importance of worship, and show you the importance of reading scriptures." And I will say, like it, it kind of came naturally in the sense of I'm a very like analytical and logical person. And so if I'm sitting here saying, I believe in Jesus and I believe in the Bible, 
I'm better know what I'm saying I believe in. And so I sat down and obviously did not understand the majority of it, but read the Bible in like three months because I just needed Dang. to know. <laughs> I needed to know. And then that brought up a bunch of more questions because I was like, what do you mean? Like I was questioning all of these ideas and values I'd been raised with, but it was there that I was able to start working through them. And I, I don't want to take what you said and take a quick pause. Mm -hmm. You said you're the Bible in three months. I want to know like how many believers are basing their life off of a book they haven't read full mm -hmm. cover to cover. True. And so it, you got to get in the word. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Get in there and read it cover mm -hmm. to cover because you're basing your life off of a book you never even read. I think it's cool too that you obeyed that calling you fell on your heart to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you didn't understand probably half of it, but you read <laughs> it. It's crazy. Showed, <laughs> but it showed that discipline. It's it's okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes there's books in the Bible like Leviticus and, you know, all these books that were going, I don't even understand it. Why is it even numbers? I don't even know what this is, yeah. this term is. But still that obedience is that mm -hmm. discipline. of. But read the Bible. Like you said, know what you're basing your life on so that you understand the heart of Christ. Yeah. And so even though you didn't understand it, you did it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an encouragement too for everyone that's like, I don't know what to read in the Bible or I don't understand what I'm reading in the Bible. Well, that's why then too, you have people around you that you can go mm -hmm. to, ask questions, dive in, explore yep. it, research it. It's okay to have questions. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we go in thinking, I have to understand what I'm reading. Yeah. We don't have to. We're reading the mind of Christ. Yeah. We're reading the words of Christ. Come on, that's facts. And I mean, you, it was hard. And it still is. There are still times where I have to work through and wrestle through some preconceived beliefs that I've carried, you mm. know, since childhood. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like because of my story and not having a foundation and like you said, riding my parents' coattails, you know, mm -hmm. I have this different perspective on a lot of things regarding the Bible. And because of that, I've been able to put aside like what culture says, Christians in quotes should do should be you know and truly just try to follow what the lord has um yeah so zach what do you, what do you see that she does daily in her walk that is helping her walk to christ even though she's been an atheist long as she's been a believer and how do you see her walk that out how do you see her exhibit christ yeah man i i will just start by saying this this woman sitting next to me is amazing and wait really quick i'm sorry did you did you date her or was she saved <laughs> no i did not and and that's actually flirt a great question convert. <laughs> flirt I, to convert. I did not flirt to convert um she was already saved when we met and when we started dating who want to date that's there you go that that is important don't i mean don't try it it really is not a a great method i do not recommend it um, I will also say on that note, uh, we serve a big God and, um, I am f so grateful that I met her when I did not beforehand. And we joke about this a lot because <laughs> she would not have batted an eye at me, uh, before she was saved. And I probably wouldn't have looked her direction before she was saved. <laughs> so, uh, the Lord really saved us there because uh, he had prepared us for each other Come on. for the right time. So Absolutely. Um, but as far as what that looks like in marriage and, and how she is now in those disciplines that she puts into practice, like she blows my mind and, and rocks my socks off every day with how she um, loves me because of the way she loves the creator mm -hmm. um, and her love for Christ just boils over out of that. Um but also just like 
kind of like she said, you can see the different, her disciplines are so much more, um, it's not out of this like cultural, like I have to do it. It Mm -hmm. comes out of this place of, I want a relationship with Christ because I know he's real and I know what he's done for me. Come on, that's... Uh, And so I get to see that on a daily basis. And um, even those days when, you know, she comes up with a question to me where uh, she's like, hey, what does this mean? Or she'll read something in scripture and be like, why did this happen? And I don't... I don't have all the answers, that's for sure. Um, but even little things of like, oh yeah, like you didn't grow up in Sunday school, um, mm-hmm. you didn't hear that story, and you know she's yeah. like, oh, I I didn't even know about this one, and um, I, I thought it was pretty funny when when we were walking through Judges, um, there were so many so many of those stories, but it was really cool to talk with them uh, through her through that with her because um, a lot of the stories she's like, oh that's really cool. I didn't remember that. And you know, some of the ones that we hear in Sunday school that are very watered down, Yeah. <laughs> but then you read them again. You're like, Oh, that's actually really gruesome and cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tagging gruesome to cool. cool. All right. You know? yeah. So with that, you're not entitled to the gospel because you didn't grow up just being swarmed by it. You fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really so sweet because a lot of us just kind of grow up in Christian households, which is not a bad thing. Like, don't hear me say that. It's not a bad thing to grow up in a Christian household. But I feel like what it does to you mentally is it just, it's so normalized to you that you, you let what happened on the cross become stale. Yeah. To you, you experienced it in a fresh way and in a new way to where it, it made you fall in love. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like for you falling in love with <laughs> Jesus when everybody else, Jesus is such a normal part of life yeah. to where they never had that big moment. Maybe they do later on in life, but mm-hmm. for you, big, massive 180 flip switch. Yeah. Who, where to begin? <laughs> um, I do want to like preface this by saying that I do struggle too with my faith and with my love and there are days where I'm like all right Lord like I just need to return to you and like that flame and that fire be relit and Mm. you know flamed larger and so it's cool to look back on but I also do struggle with my faith too and I think that it's important to point that out because my faith isn't perfect and I don't want to be portrayed in that way um but yeah I had been starting to wrestle and question and have these conversations. And, you know, one day, all I can say was I hadn't decided that I believed in Christ yet, but I believe that the Holy Spirit was moving and working. And through weird circumstances, I was very opinionated about getting those boys who were helping me walk through these questions Mm -hmm. um, to go play, uh, Spike ball, thank you. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of the word. Spike ball in a park, and it's a park I never went to. Um, it was dark, getting dark out, so it wasn't really a good time to go play spike ball, all of these things. And but I was very set on, like, I have to go to this park. Mm-hmm. And I went, and while we were there, on the other side of the park, there was this homeless guy walking with his dogs. And I look at my friends, and I go, we have to go talk to him. Which, as a woman who grew up in a city, 
your gut instinct is not to go speak to some random guy in a park when it's dark out. Facts. Only and if the Holy be. Spirit calls you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, we have to go talk to him. And then immediately my brain kicked on and was like, no, why? Don't do that. That's a bad idea. And so I didn't go to talk to him. But within a couple minutes, his dogs ran over from the other side of the park to us. And so that he followed. And um, we ended up talking to him for a while. And you know, just her part of his story and his journey and his struggles. And they ended up praying over him and just, you know, sharing Christ with him and all of these things. And it was in that moment that I was like, I, there is a God and there's a powerful God and a mighty and a loving God that he is here in this park right now, you know, in this conversation with this guy who has been through so many hardships, you know, and a lot of things that weren't his fault that just happened to him and yet God still loves him and cares about him and so that was the moment that I decided that I believed in God um but the following days weeks months weren't easy I I like to say and I don't want this to be misunderstood but I like to say that I went through a a crisis you know the life that I for the best in the best way, a crisis. But the life that I had lived, everything I knew about myself, my relationships with family, my relationship with friends, all of that was now flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. And for the best, absolutely. But I was processing through it. I was processing through beliefs that I had that now didn't align with scripture. Ways that I lived my life that now didn't align with scripture. Relationships I had that didn't align with scripture. On top of that, I had to work through relationships with my family who like now, I mean... I got baptized a couple months later and my mom didn't speak to me for a couple of weeks or maybe a full month because I Dang. got baptized. Like, so there at the same time was working through all of these things and the life that I lived and trying to align it with a life that reflected Christ. And I just had to lean into the Lord because I found that love, but I was alone in that love. I didn't have people. Mm -hmm. The guys from the bus lived in Indiana and I was going back to school in Texas, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I just had to lean into him and into Jesus in order to work through all of that. Dang. I think it's kind of cool that you said that too, because it makes me think of when kids go to camp and then Mm -hmm. they come back and you're kind of on this high because you're surrounded by people that love Christ. You're encouraged to follow Christ and spend time in the Lord or with the Lord and devotions and all these different things, but following Christ requires sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And you saw that personally. I mean, a lot of us, as you said, growing up in Christian households, we had our family. At the end of the day, it didn't matter if we lost friendships or this was hard or that was hard. Our parents supported us. Mm -hmm. Our our siblings just supported us, things like that. But you sacrificed a lot and a lot of friendships, a lot of relationships. Like you said, even just lifestyle, the way you lived, Mm -hmm. that's comfortable. So you had to step into the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and going, I'm really banking my life on this Mm -hmm. because I'm giving up a lot to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that's important to remember that our high schoolers that we work with, our middle schoolers, it's okay to know that you'll sacrifice things that you like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether it's friendships that you have to give to the Lord and the Lord might cut those off, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever it might be, it might take sacrifice. And I'm, I'm not actually, it won't, it will take sacrifice. It not might mm-hmm. takes, it will take sacrifice. And so being comfortable with being uncomfortable and realizing that to follow Christ is going to call us to the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's going to call us to sacrifice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll add to that, that the Lord had me every step of the way. 
like I moved to back to Austin a week, a week and a half after deciding that I believed in God, moved back in with roommates who love them to death, but we're not walking with the mm-hmm. Lord, um, back into a environment that I was used to being not a follower of Christ and didn't even know where to begin. And the, the guys from the bus wrote a blog about me and were like, Hey, can we share it on Facebook? And they did. And people who I had maybe met in one class freshman year or an older girl in my sorority or whoever might have been came out of the woodworks and were like, Hey, I want to take you to church. Mm-hmm. I want to help you in this way. And the Lord had me in that stage. And then a couple months later, I just felt overwhelmed and, you know, just called to take a step back. And so I moved back to Colorado and the Lord had me there too. And he was creating a way and providing for me before I even got there. The boys from the bus um, who helped me walk through coming to the Lord, I went and got baptized with them at their college and stuff and met one of their friends who told me, she goes, hey, if you ever go to Vail, Colorado, my aunt and uncle are worship pastors out there in a place where less than 4% of people are considered believers in a place where I grew up like spending my summers, spending my time. Her aunt and uncle were worship pastors at church. Mm-hmm. And that created this opportunity, this open door for me to get immediately plugged in and be surrounded by people who have been just instrumental in walking me through my faith and through just life, honestly. So here's what we're going to do. We are running over time a lot. <laughs> and I'm about, this conversation is fantastic. So we're going to stop. And we're going to keep going, actually. So next week, you're going to hear the rest of this podcast. So I'm going to cut it off here. We'll be seeing you. Come back next week for the rest of this episode. I'm going to leave <laughs> okay. you on a cliffhanger. You want to come back, make you, make you miss me. All right, so get ready. We'll see you next week. <laughs>